and welcome to the MTP Connect podcast. I'm Caroline Jewell. For this episode from Bio 2023 in Boston, we take you to MTP Connect's inaugural seminar on Australian Women in Life Sciences Leadership, a Global Perspective. The seminar showcased inspiring stories, insights and advice from trailblazing leaders. Founders, CEOs, board executives and managers gathered to discuss the opportunities and challenges faced by women in the biotech industry in a changing global market. We caught up with guest speakers Dr Iris DePaz from Sanofi and Sybil Hauser from California Life Sciences about their career trajectories and what women's leadership means to them. So my name is uh, Iris DePaz. I am the country medical lead for Sanofi Australia New Zealand and also recently been appointed as the managing director for the Translational Science Hub, which we are establishing in Brisbane. Well, that sounds like an incredible project. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Um, what we're doing is establishing a global R&D team uh, based out of Brisbane. So it's it's a fantastic opportunity because you get to work as part of a global R&D organisation, but be based in, in sunny Queensland, which is always is always a delight. And what's the particular focus of the R&D centre? Is it vaccines? Yeah, so at the moment we're, we're focusing on vaccines. We have three major objectives for it. The first one is really to help improve uh, and, and, you know, evolve the mRNA platform. So we know it's a fantastic platform in terms of pandemic potential, but comparison to traditional vaccines, perhaps it's not up to the standard that we would hope that we would have for patients in terms of safety and immunogenicity. So we're looking at improving the platform for vaccines initially, but actually later we will look at it also for specialty care products. Uh, The second thing is around developing end-to-end a chlamydia vaccine. So this would be a first um, in the world, uh, you know, vaccine development. And as you know, it's a very important uh, disease of interest in our region. So it's great that the team uh, based out of Brisbane will be leading the development of, of that particular vaccine. And last and absolutely not, not least, our third objective is to help develop and evolve and enhance the biomedical ecosystem here in Queensland and in Australia. Wow, well, that sounds really exciting. And Sanofi is partnering with us on this seminar uh, here in Boston, uh, head of Bio 2023. Tell us about a career in life sciences working for Sanofi. How has that been for you? Oh, it's been wonderful. I, I, have, I have no complaints. I think one of the nice things about working in a large global pharmaceutical is you have a lot of options when it comes to the different types of roles uh, and, and, and work that you can do. But also there's a lot of support in terms of capability development, getting experience, mentorship or sponsorship, uh, you know, from senior leaders to help you along in your career and the opportunity, obviously, to be able to move across geographies. So in my personal experience, you know, I've worked in Australia, I've worked internationally in a couple of different countries and had the opportunity to come back with the company, which is really nice. And you started out at the University of Queensland, is that right? I did. I did all of my Bachelor of Science, Honours, PhD and my first postdocs in, in, at the UQ, so, which was a really, really good time. I honestly thought I was going to be there forever. Uh, and then, um, <laughs> and then uh, opportunity uh, struck and then we, we had to move to Melbourne uh, and that's where I started my, my career industry. So a lot of people say, you know, how do you move from sort of academia to industry? Have you got any uh, insights there that you could share? I'm probably the worst person to ask because I fell into it. <laughs> no, just in the sense that, um, you know, actually one of the things was networking. And in that particular interest, it happened to be not my network, but my partner's network. Uh, and he, long story short, knew someone who worked for a pharma company. They needed someone with my profile. 
they approached me, I applied for the job and, and I got it. And it was interesting because I didn't even know what the job was. I'm like, what is a scientific advisor? I have no clue. Um, but, you know, they needed people who were strong scientists and were able to communicate science. So I, I having had the teaching background, having had um, lecturing background, it really helped uh, in terms of the experience in, in communication. So that would be the other thing I'd say to people from academia is, when you look at your, your your experience as a PhD or as a postdoc, there's a lot of transferable skills that come with that. Project management skills, writing. I mean, it's becoming a lost art with all this texting. But, <laughs> but, you know, really solid, methodical writing skills are really important in industry. Being able to communicate, to to analyse data and, and, you know, really come out with a, with a story or with, or with a point um, from all of the, the research that you're doing. So there's all of these interesting things that as PhDs and postdocs we, we take for granted, you know, it's what we do, but are extremely very transferable to the industry. So that's something to, you know, think back about, about what you're doing that could actually be applicable outside of academia. And is there some insight that you could share with other women in life sciences, perhaps listening to this episode, how women can put themselves in positions of leadership or to sort of fulfil their ambitions? I suppose the first thing is, you know, don't edit yourself. I think I've found sometimes, for example, where I've approached women who are working with me or, or for me uh, in some cases and I've presented opportunities. In some cases there's been hesitation around, well, can I even do that? And I was like, well, I wouldn't be approaching you <laughs> if I didn't think you could. So I think there's a little bit of making sure you don't limit your, your I would say, ambition. Um, and give things a go, be, you know, let's just give it a try and you won't be perfect probably at the beginning, but that's okay because, you know, if you've got an open mindset, if you want to learn, if you want to grow, that's actually the more important thing. Um, and I think you need to be passionate about what you're doing, like to, to in terms of leadership and, and being a leader. Um, you need to be, you know, very a people person, I guess. And so maybe sometimes in science that uh, people don't enter the scientific realm because they're you know, people, people, uh, but leadership very much is about, you know, taking care of, of your team, of your, you know, the different groups that you're working with and, and you know, kind of having a good broad awareness of, 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 you know, what you're able to do as a team together and the impact that you can have um, and being, you know, conscious that you want to take care of them as individuals as well. It's more of, um, yeah, like a stewardship or, you know, and, and supporting of others. And I think that's, for me, has been the biggest learning um, from leadership. It is not about yourself at all. It's about others and and what you can do to, to help the community. Is there a stereotype of women in leadership? Uh, look, I think there used to be. Certainly when I was sort of mid-career or earlier in my career, there was an expectation that women had to be very hard, you know, in order to compensate for not being a man. And I experienced actually some women who were like that and it was not pleasant, um, I can tell you. But uh, I think now at this point in time it's becoming less of a like you have to be a certain way and we're in this weird transitional stage which is good for people like myself and yourself or in that because we've still got careers ahead of us, we're not done yet. And so, But we're experiencing this sort of transition of, okay, there's expectation versus actually there's not a lot of expectation and so that is a great thing because it creates the opportunity for us to show up in the way that we want to show up. I think we've got an amazing opportunity as, as, as women and as more diverse leaders to, to do things in a different way, um, to uh, create an environment, a culture for our teams that they do feel safe to speak up and that they are actually driven by doing the right thing. 
Thanks very much, Iris. It's been really great to talk to you. No worries. Thank you, Caroline. That was Dr. Iris DePaz talking about her career move from research to the pharmaceutical industry. Next, Sybil Hauser from California Life Sciences shares her international career story and tips for women with leadership ambitions. My name is Sybil Hauser and I'm the Executive Director of California Life Sciences for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. And uh, so I focus on founders, I focus on um, uh, scaling uh, and all those things. Tell us about your life experience through work and, and how it's taken you sort of around the world. So I started out, my accent is from Germany, so I'm originally German, and I started out actually with three family offices in Germany. Uh, usually in, in Europe, we have these big pharma companies, which are still owned by single families in the majority, so you call it a family office. And so that is my um, exposure to the global life science businesses through these big pharmaceutical companies in Germany. And now you're based in California. Yes, I made the jump to California in 2003 in December, so I will be here 20 years now. And the reason why I did that was that we had a lot of mergers, so sometimes your career is not straight. You have to react when a merger occurs, then maybe your position is redundant. And so I went into the startup world and I caught a virus I never got rid of. So um, I um, acknowledged that in the U.S. the innovation is much more funded and is much more accelerated. And so I wanted to be part of that. Um, and that's why I choose San Diego, because, you know, in Germany it rains and in San Diego it's uh, mostly sunshine. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about what California Life Sciences does in the space. So California Life Sciences is a nonprofit membership organization, and they are very impactful, the most impactful in California because of advocacy. And we are also offering um, advantage programs for all kinds of different companies in different stages so they can save money and make the runway longer. Uh, but we also offer STEM program where we just have accomplished the Biogenius uh, pitch competition with high schoolers, uh, uh, sponsored of course, by big pharma companies. And um, uh, on my side, I'm um, also uh, helping to run together with Shika and Johnson, my team colleagues, who are running an accelerator-like program. And in fact, uh, one of your Australian states, Queensland, I think, did participate in a forest boot camp at one point in the past. I'm only with California Life Sciences for one year, um, but we are building this um, accelerator-like program for founders um, and put them also in front of uh, investors. So that's our goal. So do you see any uh, way that um, there could be some opportunities to collaborate with Australia on and building something similar here? Um, that could be. So in um, most companies, because US is the biggest market, a lot of international companies are interested to come to uh, the U.S. And, of course, we would love to see them in California. So that's why we, usually our program is for incoming market access. Mm -hmm. But I could definitely see, uh, because I'm also uh, passionate about women leadership, and I'm uh, a Women in Bio member and also chaired the um, um, Women in Bio Entrepreneur Center. So um, I would love to see that we are uh, interacting internationally and globally 
significantly more because life science is global, a global business. And in fact, uh, I think with uh, MTP Connect, we might have a collaboration because I would love to um, every founder in California or in the U.S. to know about these tax credits and how to get uh, to clinical data earlier and uh, that there is a way to do that uh, with uh, Australia. So this would be an immediate possibility to collaborate. Tell us a little bit more about Women in Bio. What does that organisation do and is that something that, you know, we could tap into somehow from Australia? So I personally did benefit a lot from Women in Bio. I joined them in 2014, actually during a bio conference in San Diego. I did not know who they are because I came from <laughs> uh, from Europe. And the San Diego chapter is 10 years old, so they have 13 chapters right now, soon to be 14 or even more um, in uh, the U.S. and one in uh, Canada. And I believe that we should look into other countries uh, so they uh, support women uh, and and support career uh, progress of women from STEM, from the classroom to the boardroom, they call it. And I really love uh, this morning we had an executive breakfast uh, with Women in Bio and the uh, president said we are now calling ourselves Women Impacting Bio. Um, so I love that. Um, new expression or this new focus. We want to have impact. Could you just leave us with some of your thoughts on how women with ambitions for leadership may be experiencing some challenges, some tips for them in terms of thinking about what they can do perhaps to support their careers in this area? So I heard a lot of aspects also today in your uh, wonderful uh, event here on uh, women's leadership and different panelists. And I agree. Uh, one way is to really have a good mentor or even sponsor within your company. Uh, I actually um, had a mentor and then we cross-mentored, uh, basically, and uh, I recommended to her to kind of look for another company because there was no way she would uh, advance in her company, and she did, and she is now uh, in the C-level. Sometimes you have to look and be open for other opportunities. I never thought I would work uh, full-time for a nonprofit, and I love it because it gives you uh, more impact or more possibilities to impact on a broader basis if it's a larger uh, association or organization like California Life Sciences. And the same with Women in Bio, but it's a totally different level. No? So we are all volunteers at Women in Bio. It was really great to hear your viewpoints this morning in the seminar. And we look forward to speaking to you again, Sibyl, hopefully in the future. Uh, same here, Caroline. And thank you for MTP Connect to put together this event at Bio uh, 2023 in Boston. And it was so great to meet you all and hear these wonderful leaders in the room. Our special thanks to California Life Sciences' Sybil Hauser, based in San Diego, and Sanofi's Dr. Iris DePaz, based in Brisbane, for joining our podcast in Boston. We're grateful to global healthcare company Sanofi for supporting the Women in Life Sciences leadership event this year. This has been the MTP Connect podcast. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you love what you heard, please give us a review and help us spread the word. Until next time.